T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. We've established that I'm somewhere in that conservative libertarian sphere of uh, thinking, so I'm not a big fan of uh, mandates from the government, especially during the holiday season. I'm just saying that if we were going to do that, if we were going to get into some kind of mandates, can can we mandate that, that the Christmas tree not go up this early? And would somebody tell my wife that? No? Okay. Anyway, I'm Mike Ferguson uh, in for Ryan Recker. It is 436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Still ahead. We'll do this in about a half an hour, right around, uh, you know, right around 1033 or so. Do you want your, your business community to take sides when it comes to political and, and social stuff and, and protest movements and things like that. So uh, I've got a perspective. I'm gonna We're going to hear from Scott Shepard from the Free Enterprise Project. And, and listen, I'm going to forewarn you, uh, Scott doesn't hold, he does not hold back a- at all. So you may like what he says. You may not like what he says, but we're definitely going to have something to talk about uh, once we're done visiting with Scott. Once again, we're going to we're going to kick off that conversation in about uh, well, I guess about twenty five minutes at this point. Uh, here's an interesting story I found. This is out of Kansas, and this is out of uh, Pratt, Kansas. It's one of those, you know, the kids are trying to do something good, but did the public school go too far on this? I don't know if you're familiar with the the program that's called Operation Christmas Child. It's run by Samaritan's Purse, which is Franklin Graham's nonprofit organization. By the way, Samaritan's Purse, even if you're not a fan of uh, Franklin Graham, and, you know, he's pretty political. I get it. He's real buddy-buddy with the president. I, I get that. Uh, so even, even if you're not a fan of him, uh, Samaritan's Purse does some great work. They go into areas uh, that are hit by national, uh, natural disasters. Uh, they take everything from, um, you know, basically sanitation aid, food, and they send in doctors and nurses uh, in order to help people. So whether or not you agree with them uh, religiously, they really do some good stuff. But this this program that's called Operation Christmas Child has been around a long time. And, and here's the, the nuts and bolts of it, is people uh, buy toys and school supplies and you know, hygiene things like like soap and toothpaste and stuff like that. And they box it up basically in a shoebox. And then they send millions of these things to children in impoverished areas around the world. And they've sent out, the last count I saw, the report I read said over 178 million of these Christmas season shoebox gifts 
to kids in about 160 countries. So back to Pratt, Kansas. Let me let me tell you how I got here. There's a middle school there called Liberty uh, Middle School, and this is a public school, and they ended up partnering with Operation Christmas Child. And so the the, the kids were raising donations, and they were boxing up the the gifts and they were putting the toys in and they're putting the toothpaste in or whatever it is they're putting in there. And, and then they go hand it off to uh, Samaritan's Purse, which then distributes them around the world. No issues here, right? I mean, the kids are, the kids are, they're not forced to do this, but a lot of the kids got involved and apparently this was a big deal out there. Well, here's the part I left out, and this is where things get a little sticky, and this is where I'm, I'm curious as to what you think about it. Samaritan's Purse is a, a Christian ministry. I think churches from a variety of, uh, of denominations work with Operation Christmas Child, but it is very popular with uh, Southern Baptist churches in particular. And I've, I've donated um, Operation Christmas Child in years past in churches where I've lived in that have uh, been a part of it. And, and so... Samaritan's Purse takes the boxes and they put a uh, they put a gospel booklet. You know, they put a religious track and and it's part of their outreach and their their missionary work and and their ministry. So these kids at the public school are, are putting this together uh, to give to the kids, and they know full well that Samaritan's Purse is going to put a, a booklet in there that uh, tries to reach kids with their with the religious beliefs on it. Well, enter the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which is an atheist-based organization in Wisconsin. And Freedom From Religion Foundation basically is kind of on a search-and-destroy mission. And I'll be really honest, I don't like this group at all. Uh, and they look for places where they, they can sue somebody uh, for stuff like this. And so they claim that a concerned staff member from the school complained to them about the public school campus being used to help with these donations for these kids around the country. And so they sent, and, and I don't think Pratt, Kansas is a particularly big community. If somebody's listing in Pratt, let me know, especially if you have firsthand um, experience with this particular story. And so the Freedom From Religion Foundation uh, sends the district superintendent a letter that says the district must cease participation in Operation Christmas Child or taking any other actions promoting Christianity, like including religious references over morning announcement. Now, I never did find out what the morning announcements were other than they may have been inviting kids if you want to uh, donate or you want to help pack this stuff, you can do it in room whatever. And so the letter goes on to say, while it's laudable for a public school to promote student involvement in the community by volunteering and donating to charitable organizations, the school cannot use that goal as an avenue to fund a religious organization with a religious mission, which um, uh, Samaritan's Purse is a religious organization with a religious mission. They just happen to do a lot of great stuff as part of that process. So the school district, knowing they do not have the funds to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with an organization like this, they just kind of say, okay, fine, whatever. And they shut down the entire charitable work that was being done through the partnership with Operation Christmas Child. So here's my question for you. Did the school go too far in partnering with the religious organization and raising donations and packaging these gifts for kids around the world? Or is the Freedom From Religious Foundation just another anti-Christian organization that just looks to, to take on 
people doing good things and trying to stop it? Or is your opinion somewhere else in the meantime there? Uh, 436-7900 if you're in the St. Louis area, anywhere in the country, 800-925-1120. Really curious as to what you think um, about this. I'm Mike Ferguson in for Ryan Recker. We'll get to your phone calls just ahead on KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. All right, still ahead here in about, um, no, about uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, Scott Shepard from the Free Enterprise Project. Let's talk woke businesses. Yeah, do you want the business that you buy stuff from? Do you want them taken aside on social issues and political issues or picking which protesters that they're going to back? Or do you just want them to do business? And so Scott has an interesting op-ed out on that that you can see at Town Hall. And, and I'll forewarn you. Uh, Scott doesn't hold back, man. So I, I am telling you that uh, you may like every word that you hear Scott say. You may get your blood pressure up by listening to him. But either way, we're going to have something to talk about when we're done visiting with us. Scott, my name is Mike Ferguson. I'm in for Ryan Recker. We're going to come back to this uh, story regarding the uh, Freedom From Religion Foundation going after a, a small Kansas school district because the kids were involved with a uh, with a charity operation with a nonprofit operation christmas child because it had a religious connection with uh, a franklin graham organization but uh looks like andrew's on the line here and andrew you actually were were commenting on the uh, covid 19 and the restrictions and everything we were talking about just a little bit ago what's on your mind yeah hey uh andrew calling from university city first off i've been calling in and listening to camel x since uh Jim White back in the day in the 1970s. Uh Uh, So you actually made some comments before you took the break for news. Then you talked about something else after. I want to go back to those comments if I Mm -hmm. can. Um, Question. Uh, You are a radio host? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? I am a radio host, yes. Okay. Are you an epidemiologist? I am not an epidemiologist. Okay. So... I just want to point out the ironic irresponsibility of your comments right before your news station cut to the news talking about the facts and what's going on. And I just wanted to point that out to your listeners who may follow you word for word that you are a radio host and a substitute radio host of tonight's show. You're not an epidemiologist, and your advice means nothing. People are dying. We are in a pandemic. It is science. It is not Mm, opinion. mm, It mm. is not politics. You mentioned how you went to a gathering of 100 people and no one got sick. And And I'm happy for that. I'm great. That's beautiful news. No one got sick. But what that was, sir, was that was your empty chamber in a game of Russian roulette. And you got lucky. No, I, I don't think so. And, and you know, the the yelling, the science. I mean, can you tell me what the CDC has been right about on the long term so far, Andrew? I, I'm curious. And and by the way, I never presented well, yeah. myself as can, an epidemiologist. Hang on a second. I never presented myself. As a matter of fact, if you were listening the whole time, I, I'm sitting here, sitting here saying, everybody, take it seriously, but don't let fear run your life and i hope people do take that advice i think we differ on what the phrase taking it seriously means and to answer your question 
the CDC gets it right on wearing masks, on being socially distant, on washing your hands, on not touching your face, on avoiding gather. Now, mind you, I coach, and I'm not going to mention where I coach, but I coach a local high school sports team. Mm-hmm. And I've coached college, and now I'm coaching high school. Our season was canceled. And we had a lot of parents that were upset, and students were upset. And I was upset. We work hard. We like sports. That's what we do. Yeah, my, my daughter plays fact, college volleyball, and uh, we're yeah, they're in the same the same route. And you know, they they told me that, and I went, yeah, makes sense. That's that's fine. We'll play we'll play next semester. Exactly. And so we have to. I think in our society, uh, one of the things that really shocked me was how what we miss that we're arguing and fighting about um, really showed us held up a mirror to like what was important. So sports is important. Is sports important? Yes, I'm a coach. Obviously, I love sports. Sure. But I, I play sports too. Life yeah. and death. No, is going out to a bar and a restaurant really an like that's not in the Constitution? Like you know, that's the thing. And it's like, is that what's important here? Is playing sports and going out to bars? Hey, Andrew, let, let me let me let me try to redirect because we're we're kind of wandering out. Let me let me get right back to the point of I think where our disagreement's going to be here, and that's what I wanted actually. I'm, I'm glad you called. You I mean you can. You know, say I'm irresponsible or whatever, but I said let's have the conversation on it. My point was this: is that um, there are some people, and I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're one of them that that say you're darn right. Government needs to crack down and shut down all these businesses, and and we need to, you know, uh, do all of these these crackdowns. And my argument is is no, that we don't have to do that. Uh, some people are going to take the precautions. There's some people are going to take the uh you know the things that, and the things that uh, frankly i've been encouraging everybody to do as well but what i'm saying is that one size doesn't fit all and we don't have to eliminate everybody going out to dinner or lunch or having their family in for the holiday season when they've been told by government not to see them for the better part of an entire year i'm just saying at some no, no, point i, I agree with that i agree with mm-hmm. that but i also remember we have to harken back to when uh, this may be politically incorrect to say, but remember when <laughs> uh, restaurants and bars had a sign or businesses that said management can refuse service to anyone for any reason? Sure. Yeah. You know, they could just pick up your meal and say, get out. Sorry, buddy. I own the joint. You got to go. And so I think it is an individual thing. You have the right to go out and you know, a restaurant has a right to not let you in with a mask. A restaurant has a right to be closed if they feel it's safe. A restaurant has the right to be open. And you have yeah. the choice to go to that place or not. I do agree with that. But yeah, I just agree that we're erring on the side of selfishness as opposed to on the side of caution. And, you know, when people argue things, like the presidency, uh, you know, it was like 51 to 49%. You know, things aren't always 99 to 1. You know, it's mm-hmm. always going to be... In business, you know, you try and make a margin of, you know, 46 to 54 percent or, you know, success. And that's a big difference. So it's not like zero or 100. You know, we have 49 percent saying this, 51 percent on whichever side. And I think that's okay. But I just think that, you know, we are a year into this and make a very good point. They haven't seen their family for a year. Family is important. And it may not be another year because that's the way visiting during the holidays works. So you're right. That's a long time. But if the other choice is, and this is what I call college kids, you can make fun of me if you want when they don't wear their masks, and I deal with college kids every day, is uh, I call them grandma killers. 
And I say, what yeah, see, and I think that's irresponsible. Look, they're, if we're the college kids right now, did you see the Notre Dame football game where they were spaced in the stadium? They were yeah. socially distanced in the stands, wearing their masks. They upset Clemson, and everyone rushes the field, and they're having a huge mosh pit without their masks, about distancing. Even the football commentators on TV had to make a statement. It was so blatantly, you know, like for, you know, three hours or however long the football game lasts, they were doing the right thing. And then suddenly they won and they all just threw all that out the window, like cost of the wind and they all ran on the field. And like, so my point is we, we really shouldn't be following college kids leads because I don't have a teenager, but I was a teenager and I certainly wouldn't listen to my teenage self right now about anything looking back. So all I wanted to say, and, and I'll let you go. I know you have a show to do is sure. that I wanted to point out again, the, kind of ironic irresponsibility as a radio host. If I say something, no one hears me. I mean, I'm on the radio now. But yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're, list, they're listening right now, even though I mean, we completely disagree. But, yeah, good. But you have, you have an audience. You have, you know, it's like you have a built-in, you know, thousands of years listening to you. And, and there's a responsibility to that. And I just feel now, um, man, we are in a really, 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 really hairy Harry situation, and I'm from St. Louis. I love St. Louis, and I just want my St. Louis people. I don't care who they voted for. I want them all to be safe, and I want them to be alive next year so we can talk about this. And I want them to be alive in four years so that they can vote for the president that they want in four years. And I just really think that, and I'm not the first to say this, but the whole thing has been politicized. The whole thing has become something it shouldn't have been in the first place. And now, you know. Again, don't care who you voted for or anything like that. But as we move forward, let's just have the safety of – I can't control what happens in California, Michigan, Florida. But as a resident of St. Louis, I can have my voice and hopefully influence people around me. Okay, okay Andrew, let, let me, let me get, get, get to like the 30-second elevator pitch. What, what is it that you want government and, and people to do then or not do? can't speak for government. I can't speak for people which is masks, wash your hands, stay socially distant. If you travel, you know, you have to self-quarantine, you know, when you come back. We just have to be not selfish about it. And if I'm, oh, I don't believe in washing my hands, I don't believe in a mask, I don't believe, but you know what, I'm going to do it for the next guy. I'm going to do it for the guy on the bus next to me. I'm going to do it for the guy behind me in line at, at McDonald's. You know, these yeah, are the, I, I, we have to start thinking about everyone else. I don't know anybody that doesn't believe in washing their hands. I wouldn't want to be around them whether there's a pandemic or not. That's And that's actually one of the things I, I don't know if you were listening at the time, but I, I said that's actually one of the things that I think we picked up that is going to benefit us is my guess. And I, again, it's just my guess from doing this for a long time is we're going to look back and go, yeah, OK, the masks didn't hurt anything. You know, maybe they did a little something, maybe not. But boy, did did we get a lot more intense on sanitizing things and washing hands and things like that, that probably goes as far as anything else. And, and no, if I go travel to go see my mom in Kansas city, I'm not quarantining when I, when I come back, I'm just, I'm just not doing it. Okay. Well, we're on the radio talking on the phone, so we're not six feet away. So you can do what you want, sir. But I appreciate mm-hmm. the time on your radio show. Have a good holiday season. And to everyone in St. Louis listening, be safe. Yeah, well, yeah, we agree on that. Don't appreciate the uh, the phone call there. Yeah, I mean, and that's again what I said earlier. And this is kind of, 
you know, we obviously just really disagreed on this. And and I don't think somebody who disagrees with me is irresponsible because they disagree with me. Uh, I, that's what I said. One size doesn't fit all. But for so many people, it's we're going to go to the most extreme. And we just hear. And again, this is this is media. We are leading with all of these great big numbers. We don't talk about the ongoing survival rate of 99.9% something survival rate. And if you take everybody who is under the age of 70 who gets it, it's even well into the 99.9 something rate. So we can duel the numbers all we want. All I'm arguing is that there are other things in the world to be cognizant of than just the virus that's, that's going around. And I, I think that stopping all commerce, stopping people's livelihoods permanently in many cases, um, just to say, uh, because it makes me feel safer, I, I don't think that's responsible either. I just think there's more to it than the fact that some people get sick. And nobody's more sympathetic than I am having gone through what I went through in the hospital with COVID, which is why I've been saying for months, ever since I was able to start talking again, Take it seriously. Take precautions. The precautions that somebody who is uh, 70 or 80-something in uh, in an assisted living home are very different than the precautions of, of somebody who lives in a more rural area and is at lower risk or somebody who's already been through it and has antibodies. I'm just saying one size doesn't fit all for everybody. Use common sense, but don't live your life in fear. We disagree on that. We disagree on it. I still do appreciate the phone call, even though we disagree, especially that we disagree. That's what talk radio should be all about. Um, all right. Uh, still ahead here. Uh, do you want your business getting political on everything? Um, are you going to boycott somebody if they support the wrong group or if they don't get involved with your group? Scott Shepard from the Free Enterprise Project is coming your way here just ahead. And you're going to want to hear this. You, you may not like what he says, but I'm curious as to what your reaction is going to be, because believe me, I'm not sure exactly what Scott's going to say, but I know it's going to be pretty spicy. It's just ahead here on Overnight America. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
It's a Billikens Tuesday. Hines pull up 15-footer rainbow shot and not a good one. The Welmer rebounds. Follows. Camp time. Your home for Billikens basketball this season. Debuting November 25th on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Does everything have to be political now? I mean, your your ball game is political, depending on your sport. Uh, maybe your cup of coffee is political. Why do we have to have politics permeating our entire lives? I'm Mike Ferguson. Uh, I'm joined now by uh, Scott Shepard. He is with the Free Enterprise Project. And Scott, thanks so much for the time today. And I want to talk to you. I'm laughing because of your uh, headline of your op-ed, Woke Companies Stop Pandering to Millennials' Socialism Phase. So I love that that raises eyebrows right off the bat. But this is something that everybody's obviously taken notice of over the last few months is that businesses are being told by activist groups and college students and protesters you got to take a side you have to take a side you've got some kind of duty or ethical or moral duty to take a side on these issues what's your assessment of that no that's exactly right the left has been pushing a whole combination of left-wing organizations and investment firms that have been trying for 20 years to push uh, american corporations into the left-hand lane of everything, to get involved in politics, to get involved in social justice warriorship, to invent a terrible word, and to to just absolutely lock out people and ideas on the right to the point of uh, causing these companies to work very hard to continue to maintain the right to discriminate on the basis of viewpoint, to kick out uh, employees and suppliers who won't bow to their their new woke political standards. And we're seeing it everywhere. And it's backed up by, a, you know, this is the, the, the left is the party of science and the party of experts. But these, these efforts are backed up by the worst arguments and theories and logic that you can imagine. And one of the one of the arguments that I hear constantly when I'm the lone conservative on panels, you know, it's me getting attacked by four liberals talking about how wonderful um, left wing corporate participation is. Um, I get I get told, well, you know, companies just have to do this because the millennials, gosh, the millennials are just so woke and they're just they care so much about equity and the companies will just lose them forever if uh, if they don't go left forever. But. The obvious response to that is, I mean, if you're a Gen Xer like I am, you you grew up listening to your parents' generation talk about how lovely the 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 age of Aquarius was, the time of the hippies. And the, but by the time we were old enough to follow any of that, they'd all turned into yuppies. They'd seen what happened in the 70s. They learned that socialism and hugging uh, was not a way to run a, a country, and they voted for Reagan. And so that's we can't imagine, we can't presume that the millennials are somehow dumber than the boomers. I mean, dumber than the boomers, man. So we can't assume that that's true. And so we have to assume that they, like all generations in history, you know, go back to Churchill and Disraeli before that and all of these thinkers all the way back to Plato will say that, you know, if you find a kid who's already a rock rib conservative, they're just heartless. But if you find somebody over the age of 30 who's still leftist, they're brainless. So we fully have to expect, all of history teaches us, that these kids are going to grow up, figure out how the world works, and become conservatives. 
It's how it always happens. And arguments that suggest that somehow everything's different now really should should not come out of companies that should know better because every time everybody, so, uh, people in the investment world say everything's different now, there's a giant crash and they get hosed. Is there a difference between a company going woke um, because of pressure from social movements and boycotts? I mean, you know, conservatives have boycotted companies and, you know, media projects and things like that in the past. Is there a difference between what's happening now and the old fashioned boycotts because we didn't like the what somebody was doing? Yeah, yeah, there's there's a fairly big difference. Um, first of all, what we do on the conservative side against all of these organizations on the left is that we we submit shareholder proposals to companies to try to get those companies to just stay in, stay neutral. You know, we're not trying to force them right. We're just trying to keep them out of politics uh, and, and to fight against this this leftward drift. But when companies get pressured at the shareholder level, at these shareholder meetings, they get scared and they respond more and more. And part of the effort by the left has been to stack boards of directors with actively openly leftist um, players, including chief diversity officers and the like, or, or people with that kind of background, whose only expertise is in wokeism, right? And so they have a, they have a standing uh, uh, representative from the, the land of woke on, on these boards, and they just push and push and push and accuse everybody who disagrees with all of their lunacy as racists, and all, you know, we're all subjected to it all the time. And so it is different, and it is more powerful, and it's also more powerful because our group, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking with a wealth of evidence, but, but anecdotally, it seems to us, we're, we have busy lives, we've got family to take care of, we've got commitments, uh, and we're not enveloped in politics every minute of the day. So when we boycott things, they tend to fizzle. Disney didn't suffer because of the years of of value uh, voter boycotts. Uh, but boycotts tend to work. And as the right is going to get further and further pushed out by these organizations, if they're successful, one thing that we can all look to do is first to, to just drop organizations if we feel like they're they're stabbing us in the back or they're holding us down and, and Fox News might be a good after election night. Fox News might be a good choice for that. But also, um, as happened with Goya, the red bean company in the fall, if people actually organizations, companies actually do stand up on our side, go buy a bunch of their stuff. Just keep that in mind. Boycotts tend to work more than and, uh, boycotts. But if you're done with a company, just be done with it. Don't don't take the moral stands that you've betrayed me, Fox News. We're done. So a lot of the movements, uh, whether it's Black Lives Matter or environmental movements or whatever the case is, they're arguing to these companies and like to say the sports leagues and athletes. You have a platform. You have a huge following. You have a responsibility to use that platform to make things better. And of course they believe their side is making things better. Uh, what about the platform argument, so to speak, that if you are in the public eye or you're doing business or you have a big reach, you've got a responsibility to do X, Y, or Z. Well, I think, I think you, you nailed the, the fundamental problem with that. The, the people who are pushing from the left think that they have an, a, a, an absolute duty to agree with with the leftist positions. But these are also the, the people who are feeding the notion of cancel culture and who since the election, uh, sitting members of Congress have called for blacklists 
to make sure that people who dared to support the current administration can never work again. I mean, these people who just a few years ago were howling about the evils, and I agree with this, howling about the evils of McCarthyism, have now fully embraced McCarthyism. And companies, uh, so they're, they're activists and they can be horrifying, you know, that's, that's their civil right, but these companies, to embrace the idea that half and more of the country ought to lose their jobs and their civil, civil and civic standing because they dare to have opinions that, that aren't super radical, that's insane. People are going to remember this sort of thing, and it's going to hurt them desperately in the long run. You know, the millennials won't be gone forever because they didn't get super woke now. They will be gone forever if they get their parents fired. What do we do about it? Or can we come back from where we are right now and let businesses just be business without everything being so darn political? Well, I'm afraid that our side is going to have to get more involved for a while. The the left protests and, and pickets and all of these things and gets on social media and lets its opinions be known and scares the companies. We're going to have to do the same for a while. We're going to really have to fight for for a while to to make it clear that we are watching too. All right. And people want to find your commentary. It's again, woke companies stop pandering to millennial socialism phase. And you can find that at uh, nationalcenter.org. Where can we find you on social media or web or anywhere else, Scott? That column is part of a weekly series at Town Hall Finance, finance.townhall.com. And uh, we're at the nationalcenter.org, lots of resources there. And specifically, I'm in the Free Enterprise Project, and I think that's just freeenterpriseproject.org, I think. But, uh, but we'd love to hear from you all, and, uh, and we'd love for you to get involved with us. Hey, Scott, thanks for the uh, insight. Um, I suspect that uh, you've either got people's blood pressure up a little bit or people nodding uh, ferociously in agreement, one or the other. I doubt there's somebody in the middle on this conversation. Well, I hope so, Mike, and thank you so much for for the time and uh, the chat today. All right, I suspect you either really agree with Scott or you really don't. Is Scott right? 436-7900. Should companies continue to buy into social and political and protest movements? Or should they just get back to being businesses? You can also call me from anywhere in America, 800-925-1120. Those phone lines are open. I'm Mike Ferguson. This is Overnight America on KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Yeah, I get where Scott's coming from. In that interview, uh, Scott Shepard from the Free Enterprise Project. I'm Mike Ferguson, in for Ryan Recker. You know, I, I, I listen. A private business can do what they want to do. I mean, if they really feel strongly about uh, Black Lives Matter or the National Rifle Association or the Audubon Society, I, I don't care. They they can they can do whatever it is that uh, that they they want. But I do think that uh, the protest groups and the whether it's BLM or or environmental groups or gay rights groups or uh, immigration rights groups or whatever the the issue de jour is at that moment, um, I, I think the idea that all of these companies are scared of a Twitter mob or, or they're scared of a protest out front of their their headquarters, uh, so that they decide, okay, fine, here here's a hundred thousand dollars for your cause, fine, you know, 
maybe maybe they truly believe in it. Maybe they don't. Um, have you actually stopped doing business or have you started doing business with any uh, company because of their political or their their social stances? Now, I ask that question because there, there are people I, I hear all the time who say, well, that company donated to, to that candidate. I'm never doing business with them again. Well, okay. Uh, or that CEO, did you hear that? They donated to that candidate. I'm never doing business. Well, why? I mean, is your is your vote or your donation reflective of, of your employer too? And if you're on a board of directors or an advisory board, uh, should uh, should they pay the price for you know, for people who are angry because they disagree with who you voted for. But there are some companies that have just gone full on head first into, into pretty radical stuff. I actually have stopped doing business with a couple of companies um, just because they made it very clear. They said, uh, this is, we're going to give hundreds of thousands of dollars to this particular movement and this organization, which I find to be a hate group and, and uh, something that uh, they've got a right to do. But I've got a right to, you know, decide how I'm going to handle uh, my money as well, and I can buy stuff from from anywhere. But this idea that every business has to take a side on uh, even even the most important con contentious issues that we have in society, which in 2020, uh, I would I would say a lot of people would argue that that would be uh, over over race racial issues. Does that still mean that every business has to take a side? I mean, doesn't doesn't a company have a right to say, no, we're just going to be a business. We're, we're going to treat everybody as well as we can treat everybody, but we're not going to jump headfirst into politics. We're not going to endorse or oppose social movements. We're a business. This is what we do. And I, I got to think that if more businesses said there's a value to a successful business here in our community or our city or our state, uh, even if it's a you know big national one, they employ people, they generate revenue for for services in the community. They they do a lot of things. They don't have to get involved in politics. And let me tell you this, all the activists out there, because it's uh, late at night. You're probably night owls. You might actually be listening. Just because somebody says no, we're not joining your team or your side, doesn't mean they're against you. Seriously, that's not what that means. This, this mindset that we have of you're either with me or you're against me and there is no in between, not only is it nonsense, but it just adds fuel to whatever problem you say you're trying to fix. If a business doesn't want to get involved, don't buy your next t-shirt from them if it upsets you that much. But... I have avoided businesses that just go over the top and want to shove a, you know, a, a social activist message down my throat. And I say, oh, man, all I want is a cup of coffee. I'm not going to try to deny their right to free speech, but I'll exercise my right of the freedom of association. And this is one of the things that really hurt the NBA this past year. Uh, their ratings were just in the toilet. They lost a lot of money this year. Uh, because they basically became a social justice warrior reacti uh, warrior activist group that actually played a little bit of basketball somewhere in there. I mean, the ratings just sucked.
this year. And yes, you can account for some of that being the COVID thing. Everybody's lives are turned upside down. Uh, the NFL ratings down over the past several years. Still the most popular sports uh, activity that uh, the most most popular TV radio shows you're going to have in sports. Uh, you know, Major League Baseball and uh, hockey, not even close to the NFL. But the NFL is not doing what it used to do. I think a lot of people just got tired of going to their amusement and getting hit over the head with a, a politics message or a social justice message. You know, the games are, are where we would tune in or back when we could go to the games. And for two or three hours, nobody gave a crap who the guy next to you voted for. When Paul Goldschmidt hits a home run, you high five the guy or the gal next to you and you don't care uh, anything about their life. You just know that Paul Goldschmidt hit a home run and everybody celebrates that. There is a value in that. I was actually glad to see the uh, Major League Baseball when they started to tip their or dip their toes into the social justice thing on opening weekend. I got a little concerned. I'm like, man, please don't go the way that uh, the NFL and the NBA have gone. And they got a pretty quick bash, backlash, pulled their foot right out and just played baseball. Just stuck to what they did, what they're good at. And that was a very, very smart decision. So Scott's right. Um, businesses don't have a responsibility to become to become an activist on any particular side of an actual issue. And if you demand that all your businesses be woke and agree with you on everything, then I hope you can learn to live on just a very few things because not every business is going to agree with where you're coming from on stuff like that. All right, uh, I'm Mike Ferguson. In for Ryan Recker. Let's see here. What else do we have to cover? Oh, by the way, um, marriages. Uh, there are some interesting statistics coming from marriages, but it's not about the numbers. Do healthier marriages mean healthier communities? Well, it looks like the answer to that is probably yeah. That's just ahead here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 